Marshmallows. Yes, marshmallows point us to the lesson that will virtually guarantee success and 99% of people actively neglect it. There's a really famous study where kids have a marshmallow in front of them and they can eat the marshmallow and only get one and they can do that immediately or they can wait to eat it and get two. The study predicts that kids who wait for the second marshmallow have a better chance of success in life. Why? Delayed gratification. So Alex Hormozzi says if you can wait 90 days for a result, you can win. If you can wait a year, you can win big. If you can wait a decade, you can be the best. But if you can wait a lifetime, you can change the world. My question to you is, how long are you willing to work towards a goal before you see results? If you expand your time horizon, the success you want is virtually guaranteed. Now, of course, you might be sitting here and you're like, yo, Timmy, you're telling me that if I expand my time horizon, the success I want is virtually guaranteed. But the big question is, how do I expand my time horizon? It's a solid question, and it's one we're going to answer for you right now. My first thing to you would be set big goals because they can only be accomplished on big time horizons. For example, I've set the goal for myself to raise the standard of living across the world to middle-class America so that everybody has more than enough food, shelter, water, and safety. And a lot of people hear that sentence and they think I'm looking to help middle-class Americans. But no, I'm looking to help people at the lowest end of society and I want to raise their standard of living so that the poorest people among us are living like middle-class America is living. And I've set this goal because when you look back in the day, middle-class America lives like kings and queens used to live. Like king, kings and queens are the only people who had cut up fruit being fed to them and who had an abundance of food and could pick any meal they wanted. But now middle class and even lower middle class Americans can go to the store and buy virtually anything that they want for a reasonable sum of money. And we can hire cleaners in our homes for a couple hundred bucks a month. And I'm not saying I have a cleaner. I probably will one day. I won't ever have people cut up food, fruit for me and feed it to me, but I'll probably have a personal chef one day that helps me cut up fruit and prepares my food. And we can go to a restaurant and get that type of service for $10, $15. And it's crazy because only kings and queens had access to this level of service. Or maybe if you're a person who had a slave because you were an upper class citizen or your kind of place of Wherever you were living was, you know, out conquering. And we're not going to get into that right now. You know, the U.S. does what the U.S. does and it did what it did. And we all kind of know about that dark past. But long story short, I think we have the resources and the technology so that everybody around the world can live like middle class America. And especially as AI gets developed, as technology gets developed, a lot of these services might be able to be fulfilled by technology. And so we won't even need humans um, serving other humans. Obviously, the human touch is a nice one. But if we want everybody to live like middle class America, that means some people aren't working 16 hour days to kind of go to their three jobs that pay them minimum wage. Some of the fast food service might be a bit more impersonal, you know. But that's just kind of what my big dream is. And I set it on a big time horizon. I'm like, I have my whole life to do this. Why? Because it takes a lot of time to rally 1 billion people to move in a focused, consistent, unified matter, manner towards raising the standard of living across the world to middle-class America. But I feel like if we have 1 billion people doing it, that could be a dollar a day and we would have $365 billion a year going towards it. And 
I think we have one billion people that can give a dollar a day. Probably two, probably five dollars a day. And then we have 1.8 trillion dollars going to this. And of course we endow it. Now, the people who want to help solve poverty kind of control the financial markets and because they have a lot of investments in places and they use the dividends of that to really serve people. I think if we set it up in that way, it could be a really cool thing. Now, maybe that's a long shot because rallying 1 billion people to do anything is very difficult. Rallying myself to do something is difficult, but that's a big goal and I set it on a big time horizon because I gave myself grace to figure it out along the way. So even though you start on a big time horizon, you break it down into what you're doing today. And so you start writing out how I'd have to get there. First thing I thought of is how, do, where, what do 1 billion people do? You gotta touch them and you gotta influence them on something that 1 billion people would do daily. Either the food they drink, the food that, the food they drink, the food they eat, the water they drink, or the media they consume, right? Like Facebook has 2 billion users. If we could just get Facebook to influence everybody to rally towards uh, raising the standard of living across the world to middle-class America, we would have 1 billion people acting in a consistent, unified manner. And if not 1 billion, 100 million. If not 100 million, 10 million. And those 10 million go out and get two people. And we just grow like that, that kind of organic growth. Uh, but yeah, I started writing out how I'd have to get there. And so maybe a partnership with Facebook is in the way, but I know that media is there. Because there are 1 billion people who are a captive audience on Facebook. So if I can get a media company that is as good as that, so be it. Hence, the start of this podcast. Started with dreams and goals, but now it's more focused on cash flow and impact. Because I've learned that if I can do more impact with a smaller core of people, you can get the masses to join in because you're doing something really cool and really fun that people want to join in on. So these are just some of my thoughts that have happened as I've gone along, I'm like, now I want a community of 800,000 entrepreneurs that are personally responsible for impacting 10,000 people. The only way they're gonna do that is through systems and processes. So now we get 800,000 people to impact 10,000 people. We kind of cover the whole world. We get the standard of living up to middle-class America across the world for those who want it. Obviously, we're not gonna infringe on people's culture. Like, if that's how you wanna live, go live that way. But if you want the resources, they're here for you right? So once you start writing that out and you start taking action, you do stuff like start a podcast. I started this podcast to start gaining that media arm of my business. I started focusing on sober living to impact people now and cash flow now so that I can compound that cash flow growth into growing the media portion of the business to get more attention to rally people towards the cause. Hence the new 1%, a community of people focused on impact. Judge not by our wealth but by our impact. And so that's just an example of what expanding your time horizon can do. You set a big goal over a big time horizon and you walk it down into steps you could be doing now to get to that big goal. And how is a podcast that gets five to 10 listens per episode for the past two years gonna lead to raising the standard of living across the world to middle-class America in 50, 60 years? Well, you might think I'm losing now, but it's the consistent, patient effort with your eyes on the North Star that lead to that kind of success. And so right now, I post this podcast daily for that reason. Right now, I'm acquiring sober living properties for that reason. The question is, why are you doing what you do, right? And it brings it back to that. So big goal, big time horizon, walk it down to the daily action and what you need first 
Like first I need financial freedom for myself and my family, and then I can start focusing on systems and processes and incentivizing people properly to go toward that mission. So what do you do in the meantime, those daily actions? That is the answer. And the daily actions that you enjoy, you have to optimize the journey for something that you enjoy. Like I may not enjoy doing the W2 as much, but what I do enjoy is the business aspect of business. And so anytime I'm in a W-2, I try to think of it like the owner and I try to interact with the owner as if we're kind of thinking on this thing together, which is why I like the small business environment because you can have more impact in the actual business. And so what you do in the meantime is take steps to move in the direction of your goal. So for me, that's financial freedom first and foremost. And then it'll be from the overflow of my life, putting time and energy into the systems and processes that are going to raise the standard of living across the world to middle class America but in a way that I enjoy, which is specifically one-on-one -on -one with people, helping them with their dreams and goals. And so I pick people who have dreams and goals that are aligned with that vision. That's what you do in the meantime. Find a way to take small steps towards your big goal in a way you enjoy. And what if it's not fast enough for you? I would say pick a better goal because if it's worth, if it's big enough, and if it's cool enough, and if you love it enough, it's gonna be worth waiting for. But then figure out a way to measure winning differently. And if it's not happening fast enough for you, what you're really saying is I'm not getting dopamine hits fast enough. I'm not feeling like I'm winning fast enough. And so if you redefine winning, and like Alex Ramosi said that winning for him is working as hard as he possibly can. When you redefine that for yourself, you start to see how fast enough or, not, or slow enough, that's like inconsequential because right now is all you have. And right now, you are measuring winning, and this is how you're winning. And you measure it based on progress towards that big goal in whatever way you can control. And when that's happening, you're getting constant feedback, constant improvement towards the goal. And I think that's how you can take away that fast enough, slow enough. Because when you set the big time horizon, it takes the pressure off your shoulders to get results in six months. But it also allows you to feed your um, appetite for progress in the way that you want to progress. So in a way where you enjoy the process, but also are taking steps towards the vision. So that's what we got for you guys today on the show. Expand your time horizon by setting big goals and set it so big, set a goal so big that it has to be on a big time horizon. It just can't happen in nine months. You can't have a baby in one month by getting nine women pregnant. Some things you just have to wait for, and those are those really big goals. And then start writing out what you'd have to do today to get there, and then do those daily actions in the meantime while you're waiting for that big goal, but do it in a way that you enjoy it. Make sure you optimize your day for a day that you enjoy, and when it's not happening fast enough, set a goal worth waiting for, and then redefine winning so that you can measure it daily, control it daily, and get reinforced daily. That's what we got for you guys today on the show. Thank you so much for watching. We will see you on the next one. And remember, we are a community of people judged not by our wealth, but by our impact.